Hello, my little darklings, and welcome. This is the best in paranormal programming. I am your anchor for the evening. My name is Dave Schrader. This is the Paranormal 60 News. Let's meet the intrepid news crew right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the only other man that's been here as many episodes as I have, the Colonel Martin Vias. Good to Good see evening. you, Martin. Good evening, Dave. Happy Friday. Good to have you here. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us. Ladies Thanks. and gentlemen, the man coming in a very close second for his most appearances on this program, Chachi himself. Nice. That's right, Eric Folsom. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome. Happy Friday, sir. Yeah, good to have you here. I appreciate you spending a little time. We have got an uplink going right now. We're trying to connect with Greg Lawson. He uh, is still out and about. He is prepared to report on a fascinating story. We'll bring him in in a few moments. But before we get started, we like to share strange paranormal happenings as well. And Eric, off the air, you were telling the colonel and I an interesting tale. And I was wondering if you would be uh, okay to share that here with the uh, with the listeners. Uh, happy to share it. Yeah, just okay. To- Totally, totally creeped me out. Um, and I had actually sat on it for about a week before I even told you guys because I was still processing it. The The short story is I was lucky enough to go to Scotland last week, a couple weeks ago, to see the uh, the Open Golf Tournament. Um, it was supposed to be a trip that I was taking with my oldest friend in the world. He, I'd been friends with him almost 25 years, and he passed away earlier this year. Um, and this was going to be his 60th birthday present. We were going to go to Scotland together to see this tournament. And so... I was at the golf course. I was all alone there, um, and I had bought a bunch of stuff from the merchandise store, and I bought so much I, I couldn't bring it home, so I had to ship it. So I'm in line at a UPS stand on the golf course to ship home my stuff, and, and I hear people talking, uh, and my friend was from a small town in, in Pennsylvania, had very much a, um, an accent to them, shall we say, and, and I heard this out of the corner of my heard it out of the corner of my eye i don't see i'm not even reading and i'm screwing up my story you are that good yeah <laughs> i heard it let's out start, of the corner of my let's start eye. with a drink right there yeah sorry <laughs> eric but let's you actually get to my stories okay um, so i heard it i turned around and i saw these two gentlemen there and they just so happened to have the logo from the the golf uh, club that my, my buddy belonged to and i said excuse me gentlemen are you from pennsylvania said, we are how'd you know that i said well i recognize the logo are you part of this particular club I said, yes, we are. How do you know that this club only has 300 members? And for those of you that don't know, there were 290,000 people at this golf tournament. And so uh, we started chatting and uh, I mentioned my buddy's name and I said, hey, did you know this person? They're like, oh, yeah, you, you heard what happened to him. I said, yeah, I actually delivered the eulogy at his funeral. I was his best friend. And they said, oh, yeah, I remember being there. I said, yeah, th- that's me. And just about that time, the UPS folks said, hey, next in line. So I moved one step forward. They were right behind me, had a huge box in their hand. I moved one step forward, and I turned around to say goodbye to them, and there was nobody there. Get out of here. That is weird. I I literally got whiplash looking around trying to find these people. And although there were 290,000 people there, they weren't in in the UPS shipping area, right? There was a handful of us. And, I mean, it couldn't have been two or three seconds. I stepped forward, put my box down, and I turned around. And I, and I told the story to my wife, and she's like, you know, your buddy, his name was Mike, was telling you he was there. And so I immediately text a friend back at the club, and I said, hey, I just met two people from the club. And they're like, there's nobody from our club here. I'm like, please check around. I saw two guys. They were wearing your logo. He said, there was nobody there. I, I, I can't explain wow. it. I, it. It kind of ch- chokes me up thinking about it now. You know, we, yeah. had planned this, we had planned this trip for, I don't know, six years, five years, and – 
you know, mm-hmm. even if they were people that were there, right? And I just somehow lost right. track of them. The fact that I was able to find the two people out of the 300 that belong in a crowd of 300,000, something, something made me uh, yeah, there at that time. Exactly. You, exactly. You know what else is weird? I, I have a headline here. There was a phantom pickpocket in Scotland at the open. And hundreds of people are talking about the fact that personal effects and items were stolen. And you were at UPS shipping boxes of souvenirs. Hmm. Technically, they weren't mine. Well, I guess that's wow. the way to look at it. Yeah. Well, since we, uh, since you, you had a Scotland story to share with us, let's. I feel it's only fair if we start with a Scotland story for you. And we're still trying to get the uplink ready to get uh, Greg Lawson here from, I believe he's in the Ukraine, guys. Not a place you want to be at this time of year. Well, he's got his military background, his experience. He's he's probably doing That's, okay. He loves yeah, that. Well, I hope so. Stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. guys, here's some exciting news. I don't know if you saw this, but science science is coming out with some pretty impressive stuff this season. Uh, talking about UFOs, they're taking that a lot more seriously. They're taking uh, all kinds of stuff a lot more seriously. This was the headline from this week: Loch Ness monster existence plausible. Scientists say. Researchers from the University of Bath and University of Portsmouth in the UK and Université Hassan II in Morocco have found fossils of small plesiosaurs, an extinct long-necked reptile in what used to be an ancient river system. The fossils were discovered in what is now Morocco's part of the Sahara Desert. However, 100 million years ago, it was a body of fresh water, according to the study published in the Cretaceous Research. The finding shows that the marine reptiles, once thought to be sea creatures, may have actually dwelled in freshwater habitats. The fossils found consist of bones and teeth from adult plesiosaurs measuring nine feet long and a bone from a baby measuring five feet long. The Loch Ness Monster, often known as Nessie, of course, is a mythical, or is it, creature from Scottish folklore. The creature is said to live in Loch Ness in the Highlands. According to folklore, it's a long-necked creature that still dwells in the Loch's depths. Plesiosaur fossils were first discovered back in 1823. Their appearance, four long flippers, long necks, and small heads, are said to have inspired the tales of Nessie. However, before now, it was suspected that they only dwelled in seawater. While the tales are often dismissed, according to these findings, it's actually plausible that such a creature would have inhabited freshwater lochs, such as Loch Ness. I'm certain hurt my throat, guys. Mm. Scientists can't rule out the fact that these creatures may have been permanent freshwater residents. They suspect that these ancient creatures possibly lived in freshwater, having found the same food chipping their teeth on the armored fish that lived in the river. This suggests that they feasted on freshwater prey. It's scrappy stuff, but isolated bones actually tell us a lot about ancient ecosystems and animals in them. According to Dr. Nick Longrich, one of the authors of the paper, said in a press release, they're so much more common than skeletons. They give you more information to work with. The bones and teeth were found scattered and in different localities. Not a complete skeleton, so each bone and each tooth is a different animal itself. 
We have over a dozen animals in this collection. We don't really know why the plesiosaurs are in fresh water. It's a bit controversial, but who's to say that because we paleontologists have always called them marine reptiles, that they actually lived in the sea? Lots of marine lineages invaded freshwater. Other plesiosaur fossils have been found in England, various parts of Africa, and in Australia, North America, and China. The findings suggest that the existence of the Loch Ness Monster is plausible after all. How about that? It's plausible. <laughs> Speaking all. of Scotland, uh -oh. thank you, Marty, that, that well-detailed button. Speaking of Scotland, yeah. we have a few seats that still remain open for our Scotland adventure that's taking place in September. If you want to join me, Dave Schrader from the Paranormal 60, the Holzer Files, and, um, oh, yeah, the Ghosts of Devil's oh, Perch, yes. soon to appear on Travel oh, Channel and yeah. Discovery Plus platform at the same time. That's right. It's being released on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus August 21st. If you'd like to join me in Scotland in September to go to Loch Ness and see all the other amazing sites there and go ghost hunting with me, you can email me, Dave, at Paranormal60.com. I'll connect you with Christian, our tour coordinator, and we will get you on there. Just a few spots remain. Don't hold back. Come on out and see us. It's going to be a great time. All right, gentlemen, uh, let's get moving on. Eric, I believe you have the next story. And uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to continue to try to get the uplink handled with uh, Greg Lawson. But, uh, Eric, where are we going next? Ah, Bigfoot story, one of my favorite here. So a woman is convinced a new photo shows Bigfoot. A woman with a remote camera set in the woods around a mountain thinks she has captured images of the elusive Bigfoot. And there you go. It's on your screen. Pretty, pretty clear compared to the ones we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. Carolyn Day posted the images in a Facebook group that platforms photos taken on trails in Washington State in the U.S. I just checked my camera that is deep in the woods behind behind. Behind Mount Sai in the mm -hmm. Snoqualmie Valley. Either there is a Sasquatch in the area or I am being expertly pranked, she said. The picture shows sun splitting the trees as a large hairy figure walks in the woods. Some thought it was quite simply a man, but others seemed to think that it could well be the mythical creature. One detailed response came from a woman called Susan, who said she has seen the beast herself. She wrote in a screen grab of the original Facebook post over on Instagram, Wow, so many negative Nancys. I have seen Sasquatches before. I will mention some things that are correct according to what I have seen. The curve of the calve and way it bends from the knee, the length of the arm, the way the head hair sticks out over the shoulder hair, no mm -hmm. seam showing. Both hair and skin on face, deep set eyes, looks real to me. However, another person wasn't convinced after Susan's detailed breakdown. What? After that breakdown? I, I was convinced. It's clear. She yeah, said there's yeah. no theme. Mm -hmm. But here, this is what the person wrote. The suit needs to be taken in a little around the calves <laughs> and waist. Oh, wow. That's one way to dispel it. Negative Nancy. Negative Nancy. Yep. The news comes as a massive Bigfoot fan site told the star that protecting the environment helps to save the giant beast from extinction. Cryptozoology researcher and author Andy McGrath believes elusive wild forest dwellers could die out before 
we've even discovered them if urbanization continues at such a rapid pace. Could Bigfoot's former geographic dominance have been hampered by the growing industrialization of the nations in which it once lived, he asked. Hmm. It's a great picture. That's a good good question. Is. It is a good question. Very good question. And guys, here's here's a little bit of sad news. I know this Uh-oh. is going to break your heart. Uh, it is Friday night tomorrow at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds in Canby, Oregon. I'm Cliff Berrickman, and I've found Bigfoot and beyond at the Oregon Bigfoot Festival and beyond at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds. Meet me and other cryptozoology experts like Jason Hawes of Ghost Hunters, psychic medium Sarah Lemos, Travel Channel's David Schrader, and more. Don't miss this one-day event, the Oregon Bigfoot Festival and beyond at the Clackamas County Fairgrounds. Get tickets today. Oregon Bigfoot Festival, come on, come on. I am going to miss that. And that is the last time we're going to see that, unfortunately. That is. It is the last time that we will see that commercial played. Uh, Let me see here. All right. We have it. I've got the tuning coming. Greg Lawson. Greg, Greg, are you there? Greg, Greg, you're on. Oh, hey. Uh, hey. Right. Hey, how are you doing? Keep, trying to keep cool there in the Ukraine. Hydration. It looks like you're in a Hydration. dangerous place. Yeah, it's pretty quiet right now. It's, uh, everything's just kind of frozen in place. All right. Well, good. Then that gives yeah. us the time to to get to another story from the colonel. Oh, yeah. All right, Colonel, Great. where are we going That's with this good. tale? Wait, Dave, a fortune tellers now welcome in Petoskey. No fingerprints or background checks required. Wait a longstanding. What's that? What? What? Since when? Who said this could happen? Apparently it has. Fingerprints. Yeah, this is crazy. Well, a longstanding ban on fortune telling has been repealed. By I did it my third sentence. You did it. I know. Wow. By a city in Michigan freeing tarot readers, palmists, and soothsayers of all stripes to practice their yeah. trade without fear of running afoul of the law. According to a local media report, the odd ordinance had made it illegal for any person to engage in fortune-telling or pretend to tell fortunes for hire, gain, or reward within the community of Petesky. Weirdly enough, the law had actually been on the books for so long that no one in the city's government had any idea when or why it was enacted. While the ordinance had largely gone unenforced in the community, Sarah Snyder of the store Poetess and Stranger set about having the law changed earlier this year when she was approached by a spirit board reader with the idea of doing sessions in the shop and discovered that holding such events would be illegal in Petoskey. After she asked the city council to change the rather archaic law, officials were open to the idea and looked into drafting new regulations would, which would protect consumers while also allowing for fortune tellers to practice their craft. Looking into how other communities had handled the issue, the city drafted a new ordinance which would have required mugshots from soothsayers before they could be licensed to forecast the future. However, mm. This raised concerns surrounding the possible violation of one's freedom of religion, and so officials in Petesky ultimately opted to simply scrap the old law rather than replace it with any new regulations. Perhaps the city council should have consulted with a psychic before they spent all that time researching and drafting new regulations that they never would have 
Wow. But they never so wound judgy, up using Marty. I know. I know. So judgy, Colonel. Uh, but hey, that's pretty 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 funny that they never really looked into that law after so many years. Yeah. Do you know I here I'm gonna lay it out there. Here's a conspiracy theory. I don't think that it was some uh, woman that wanted to do spirit board reading that got this thing lifted. I think it was a bunch of meteorologists that got together that are like, someday they're going to lynch us because we cannot predict the future. And we go on every night collecting large amounts of money telling you Mm -hmm. that it's going to be balmy and 65 tomorrow and it's 980 degrees in the shade or there's four feet of snow on the ground. That is really really going to deal with this you know i didn't look at that angle dave but uh mm-hmm. since you brought it up that is a very good possibility why do you think yeah. we don't have a meteorologist on this show that's right exactly. you know why because each one of us could make as good if not better a prediction as a matter of fact for the weekend can be oregon i believe it's going to be hot as balls because i'm going to be stuck outside in oregon <laughs> Is that so entire, I can only guarantee you yeah. that it's I'm yeah the entire day I'm going to be out of yeah. doors, and it, so I can guarantee you it's going to be a scorcher. That's Absolutely your least scorcher. favorite place. Or, or, or it will be pure rain. One or the other. So one of those two, at least I've given you a fifty-fifty chance as a meteorologist. And and yeah. you've beat the odds already, Dave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We look forward you know. to your report when you get back. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know what it's going to be. Speaking of reports and getting back, ladies and gentlemen, he went from the safety and security of the United Kingdom all the way to the Ukraine to report on this next story. Ladies and gentlemen, the paranormal detective getting in the mix. What's our story, Greg? Glad to be here, Dave. You know, um, well, thank you. Thank you. I missed you guys. I was uh, I was at Loch Ness uh, looking for Nessie there uh, uh, for all of three hours. Good. Uh, And you find him. I had a. uh, a uh, turkey pie. Turkey yep. pie. Pretty expensive. Yeah. One yeah, turkey while pie. searching. Yeah. Yeah. While searching so, for Loch Ness Monster, turkey pie should be the first thing yeah. you're seeking. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I uh, I set my goals. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you met him. him. I, yeah. Yeah. Achieve him. Awesome. I met and achieved. All right. So let's see. You've, you've got. Uh, what I believe may be one of the most insane stories, but I, I know we normally, yeah. we don't report on topical news. We like to talk about the strange and supernatural from all around the world. We but do. This story, yeah. Greg, when you presented it, I'm like, yeah, we've got to report this. If there's even a chance, this is true. Right. And right here in uh, Ukraine. So Russia mm-hmm. says Ukraine has mutant soldiers created in a lab. Yeah, that's what they're saying. When Steve Rogers was injected with a serum to transform himself into a super soldier fighting against the Nazis as Captain America, no one would have believed, ever believed, that such an event could occur in real life. Yeah. 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 Who would have thought? Crazy. So Chris Evans donned the famous shield and embodied the character in Captain America, the first Avenger. The idea of another country coming up with their own strategy to make a mutant soldier seemed unthinkable at the time. However, Mm -hmm. it appears that Russia may be creating controversy by accusing Ukraine of doing just that to continue fighting in their ongoing war. You know, don't invade your neighbor and you won't have these problems. So you go in. You go in as a superpower thinking you're about to just wipe your shoes on the mat of Ukraine and they kick yeah. your ass. 
And suddenly it's got to be because there's mutant super soldiers. Yeah. Yeah, You know, they, uh, you know, they said they took, they said that the Ukraine didn't sink their battleship. Uh, you know, they're like, you didn't do that. That was our own incompetence. It just caught on fire and sank, you know, yeah, show them. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's, that's a good explanation there. Uh, Russia's got it on, got it going. Anyway, according to reports, Russia claimed that Ukraine has been able to stave off its advances because Ukraine, instead of its advances, its invasion, because mm-hmm. Ukraine has created mutant soldiers to fight for their country. I say, hoo-yah, right? <laughs> good, good for you. Uh, Apparently, Russia's claim are founded that the belief of Ukrainian troops were at one point transformed by secret experiments that the United States assisted with in their biological laboratories. Hmm. Mm, That's what I'm talking about. COVID reference right there. We got we got we got to help out our friends, man. Uh, As ridiculous as this assertion is, uh, News Nation has has confirmed that Russia lawmakers have made this claim, something they have been doing since 2015 to help justify their need for war. So, so far, there has been no verifiable proof that mutant soldiers exist in the real world, even, even if Russia is losing the major ground battle game at this point to Ukraine daily. According to Yahoo News, much of the news came about this week because Russia's plans for a complete takeover of Ukraine have completely fallen apart since the five months of fighting began. The Kremlin explanations for their losses have come under much scrutiny due to their laughable excuses to deter the rumors that Russian troops are flat out refusing to fight in the war. The Daily no, it's Beast, gotta be it's right? gotta be mutant soldiers, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Obviously. It makes more sense. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. the Daily Beast has also reported that Russian soldiers may be wounding themselves on purpose and destroying oh, their own equipment. In order to avoid battles, something Russia will not concede is going on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So anyway, it's terrible. In, in the five months, Russia has launched a full scale attack on Ukraine. Many governments have attempted to aid Ukraine in their fight. However, no evidence has come about to validate Russia's claim that Ukraine has created a set of super soldiers hell bent on destroying Russian efforts, assisted by, of course, the Americans in biological laboratories. Back to you, Dave. We didn't do it. No, we didn't. Back to you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I will say this. If, yeah. if There's two, two reasons that I believe there may be super soldiers involved and that science might actually have a hand in this. One, you look well protected there in the Ukraine. Well, it, you thanks, look, yeah. it, so there has to be mutant soldiers protecting you. That would be my only guess. Yeah. Second guess is, is here's the proof that that science does know how to do a, a remarkable things. Gentlemen, I present to you pimento loaf. Ham wow. with pimento embedded in it. If Inside they can do that, super soldier serum seems like it's right around the corner. Yeah. 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 Maybe this I'm is one of those what came first, super soldier serum or pimento loaf. Yeah. Yeah. Either one. Huh? It's well, like, that's uh, deep. winner. Deep. Yeah. All right. So we've got uh, tales of Nessie. We've got tales of Bigfoot. We've got tales of mutant soldiers. Mutant soldiers. And I don't know. Now, I know you're familiar with this next story, Greg. Did, oh, wait. Uh, did, we, did we have a drink during that whole thing? I yeah. Did. A couple. Just a couple. Yeah. Multiple. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, a couple of these stumbles there, but it's okay. Uh, Greg, I know this next story is going to be of interest to you, and we're going to be joined by Jeff Davis in just a moment. But let me give you just a little look at an Alaskan story that might capture the attention of everybody here. I really believe Portlock is evil. There's a lot of uh, strange stuff happening down there. Back in 1949, it was a pretty large community. It was a booming town. They were they were processing fish. They had canneries. They had a sawmill. It had a school and a post office. It would probably would have been a city, you know, if it would have kept thriving. But then people started to disappear, just gone. And then bodies started turning up. People were washing up on the shore, literally shredded. Over a span of two years, over 30 people were found dead or missing. The elders evacuated the town. Went from a hundred to a zero overnight. Everybody left. My mom, she lived there as a child, said the last person out of there. He took a glass of his holy water, he drank it, got on a boat, said that's enough for the woman. Dinup is like Bigfoot, but with supernatural powers. I think what he is is a, a demon of the forest. Portlock is cursed, and Bigfoot's place, and nobody goes there. Alaskan killer Bigfoot, ladies and gentlemen, joining us and joining me this weekend in Clackamas County Fairgrounds in Canby, Oregon, at the Oregon Bigfoot Festival. Jeff Davis is here to talk to us a little bit about this crazy story. Welcome, Jeff. Hi, Dave. I'm glad to be with you. This is uh, this is freaky. I mean, I, I know I spoke with Greg Lawson a number of years ago on my radio show about this story, this mm-hmm. this crazy notion that maybe a Bigfoot was murdering people and that an entire town was run out by this. What can you tell me are facts that are true facts about this that would lead us to believe something cryptid, something supernatural may have actually led to this? Well, it's like a lot of things. The There is a whole bunch of mystery involved, and and yet we do have historically verified uh, over a dozen people who either went missing or or were later found dead and murdered. Uh, in a couple of cases, uh, there was um, one gentleman I remember, he was he was actually going to go hunting. It was his day off, and so he was, uh, he was getting everything packed, and he was attacked by something. 
and uh, and he survived long enough. He had some hunting dogs with him. They chased whatever it was away, and so he lived long enough. When people came and were trying to take care of him, he said it was it was big and it was hairy and it attacked me and it was not a bear. That's that's one thing, and uh, just the 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 manner in which the bodies were mutilated was not really indicative uh, of what bears would normally do to uh, to a body. Uh, for the most part, they would be eating the body, not not as one of the is on the video said shredding it um and so even though these bodies were shredded they didn't have the appearance of having been mauled and chewed on by a bear or anything else large yes and well, what why do we believe that these beings are so violent and angry well if it's not for a food source and obviously not for sport because it's not man why are these creatures attacking well, that's, you know, this is this is the hard thing. There's only one way communication. I'm sorry the light went went off behind me. Can you still see me okay? That's okay. I thought it was for good effect ghosts. you just did that. Because all of a sudden, yeah. I, uh, well, actually, it would have been from underneath with a flashlight. But, <laughs> that's uh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the it's, it's kind of one-way communication some of this is some of this is the 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 native folks they're they're witnessing cause and effect in that along with uh along with these these attacks what really what was really kind of the scariest thing for all of them was it got worse and worse uh as as time went on the what happened is the factory the cannery expanded and at, at its height, they had 100 uh, seasonal employees there. And, of course, the town grew up around it. And, uh, and so the, the days or nights leading up to them abandoning uh, Portlock, uh, people had reported this big creature. But also they heard, they heard yells and cries from the hills around. And at night... Uh, the last not the last night when they abandoned the town, they, they, they it was like logs were being rolled or thrown down in the hills at the town. A huge rocks, larger than than they think one one man could have actually picked up and thrown, were actually thrown down in mass at the um, at the, at the houses itself, and so that causes mass panic. And they were afraid of of what what if this is. Uh, just human beings doing this mass murderers or serial killers but at the at the cannery they actually uh had guards at either end the entrance and the exit of the cannery checking people to make sure that they were actually allowed in so they were on the lookout for for people for strangers and this also ties in this is anecdotally this is not exactly proof but the native stories themselves that that area had been the home to these very large creature or creatures. And, and so it, it kind of plays into it. And we didn't get a chance to talk about this in fully on the episodes that, that are airing, but uh, archeological evidence suggests that, that this, this, the, the town site of Portlock had been settled and abandoned numerous times. And certainly, that's true. yeah, yeah that's true. It, and certainly when the um, uh, the Spanish explorers came through and Portlock as well was named after Nathaniel Portlock, the explorer, that that they noted all in the area. There had been evidence of villages or habitation, but they were all abandoned. This is in the 1790s. 
And so this kind of falls in anecdotally with stories recorded by anthropologists about that area. It's, it's settled and then something happens, it's abandoned, resettled and abandoned again. Well, I don't, and I don't want to be the naysayer here, Jeff, but yeah. could it be that they settled because they arrived in decent weather and then Alaska being Alaska mm-hmm. made it really harsh and, and uninhabitable and they just picked up and moved on because this was definitely not a place to set your roots? Well, I, that is possible. See, this is the this is the nature of this as an ongoing investigation right. is to, to come back and, and look at this. And, um, you know, they they settled down from uh, around 1900 to 1950 as this cannery operation grew. So the resources were there uh, for that time period. But, yes, mm-hmm. there could have been some catastrophes in the past. Absolutely. And that's what we need to look for. And tell us a little bit about this. How can people see the show? Where can they watch it? Uh, what What's going on with it? Well, uh, it originally aired on Discovery Plus. And so, of course, uh, if you have a subscription to Discovery Plus, you can binge watch all eight episodes. And it's also airing uh, Sunday evenings on the Travel Channel. And I think we're in episode five right now. And, uh, and there are a total of eight episodes in this first season. And we're hoping that that audiences are interested and that we get renewed and and that will help fund uh, fund the, the next expedition, because underneath all of this, the reason that this is happening is because the native people still own the land and they want to see if they can resettle and actually make a living and thrive there. Are they still concerned that this this creature is still there hunting? They are very much so. Uh, and and I, I know you have this, all of you have backgrounds in anthropology and in reading through some of these ethnographic accounts and the, the native accounts that are, they themselves are recorded. It seems to be more than just one kind of haunting. This is, this is not your average everyday uh, uh, giant Ewok. That's for right. sure. Are we are we believing that this is a flesh and blood beast or do do the natives and indigenous tribes believe this is more of an elemental like a windigo type of creature? I think a lot of them, especially as I have talked to to the the named cast members who were there the entire time, I think that they think it is not just totally flesh and blood. It is uh, perhaps one of these very ancient beings who, when the, the world renewed itself, uh, was was changed from one form to another. And there are there are legends of a, a tall, pale woman dressed all in black that appears out of a cliff face. That's right. And, yep. and there, there are other stories of, um, of of giants, ogres and all up and down the the coast of the Pacific coast. Uh, there are these stories of these giants coming from out of the hills and catching people and eating them, which seems to fit some of what's happening here. All right, Jeff, you're going to be out at the uh, Oregon Bigfoot Festival. Are you going to be talking about Alaskan killer Bigfoot as well? Yes, yes, I'll be on a couple of panels, and and I hope to have a chance to 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 talk to people about that, both on the panels as well as afterward. I'll have a I'll have a table hidden somewhere, I'm sure. Jeff, a quick question, if you don't mind me, Dave. Are any of the folks that have returned, were they there 70 years ago, like as children? Or are all the folks that are coming back all new? Uh, all the folks that were actually on the ground 
during this these eight weeks they're they're all they're all younger people and uh but they have uh there's an elder his name is tommy tommy evans and he's kind of he's kind of the uh, the senior advisor and the, the decision maker and he's the one who said uh yeah guys we need you to go check this out for us so they're they were in constant touch with tommy the entire time and he was interviewed as part of uh as part of the video you saw uh, there were a couple of times where over the years where someone who had been a child there did come just to see what it was like, but they, there was never, ever a serious attempt at resettling. Well, uh, I'd love to have you back on once the series is final uh, on Travel Channel so we don't give any secrets away. And let's come back and maybe you can uh, come along with a couple of the cast members. We can talk about the findings, what this means and where we should go next with this investigation. Would you do that, Jeff? Absolutely. There's a lot to talk about. Great. Thank you very much. And this segment was brought to you by... Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. All right, Greg, I know that uh, yeah, it's, it's costing me an arm and a leg to keep this uplink going, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you out. Uh, oh, okay. I know you've All got right. to scoot on to the next location, to... and we will... Uh, yeah, be safe. Yeah. Be safe. Yeah. Right. Was, that a, was that a mutant soldier coming over to help him? I saw something. Yeah. yeah. Captain Ukraine. Captain Ukraine. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, guys, we've got uh, we've got some other weird stories to go into. Check this one out. You guys are familiar with the U.S. Space Force, right? It's brand new. Yeah. 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 Are you guys also familiar with a good friend of mine known as Florida Man? That I have not heard. No. Florida Man. No. Yeah. Florida Man is uh, well known around the world for uh, being uh, dumber than a brick. Um, always involved no. in something. I'm not kidding you. Just Google the man, uh, Google the terms Florida Man arrested, and you will 
shake your head at the idiocy that comes from our panhandle state down there. Is that right? Is that a panhandle state? It has a panhandle. It does. Yeah. Yeah. There's another state like that, too, isn't there? Um, no, can't think of it. Just that one. Iowa? Iowa. Yeah. I, the old Iowa panhandle. I don't think so. That's it. Florida man attempted to break into Space Force base. And you might be asking your, yourself, but why? Why, Dave, would a Florida man try to break into Space Force base? It has to be for a good reason. Well, it was. Since the Space Force was established in 2019, there's been the lingering question of what exactly it does. One would certainly hope that the the branch would be heavily involved in a theoretical battle between aliens and maybe dragons in space. I'm just I'm I'm putting it out there. Maybe that's what they're doing. Possibly. The occurrence of which apparently one helpful citizen was trying to warn the Space Force about just last week. Corey Johnson. That's the. The handsome fellow you see on your screen right there uh, at Patrick Space Force Base, Corey Johnson, 29. He's 29. Oh, my God. It makes me feel good about myself. Holy smokes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That dude, uh, he looks road hard. 92. Veiny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He was arrested for trying to enter the installation. The reason, according to what he told arresting officers, was that he was there on behalf of of the president to alert space force that there were u.s aliens fighting with chinese dragons Mm. Uh uh-huh yeah i mean that seems like as good an answer as any of why you would break into space Force, especially if the president sent you uh eric Folsom. you are a a a tried and true american i mean you're not the colonel but if if the president called you up and he said uh Hey, Eric, uh, I'd like you to, you know, I don't know. I'd like you to go warn Space Force about this alien dragon thing. I don't know why I'm like channeling my slightly off Bush impersonation. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Bush president again? We, we yeah. Back in time. and Yeah. Uh, you'd go, wouldn't you? I mean, aliens versus dragons. Somebody's got to warn the president. I would absolutely go. I'd be the first yeah. one there. I, I can see it. him doing that. Yeah, I know. It, Colonel, would you be the one to send him, do you think? I think so. I would say, yeah. Eric, we have a mission for you, and it's a— Your connections would let you yeah. know if there were aliens versus yeah. dragons in space. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. 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 Well, according to Military.com, Johnson had stolen a vehicle several days before his attempt to enter Space Force installation, which is in charge of satellite launch operations on America's East Coast and presumably— they're not fighting dragons or aliens in space, or are they? Hmm. I mean, that's a pretty compelling photo right there. Wow, yeah. yeah that looks yeah. like a danger. Johnson was arrested trying to enter the base, his mission having been foiled by law enforcement. Arrested? Law enforcement. What? So for any other citizens looking for some civic engagement, it's likely that the Space Force is already well aware of any alien-on-dragon engagements happening in orbit. And if anyone thinks the Space Force brought this intrusion upon itself by existing in the land of Florida, man, well, it's it's a good thing that the branch has plans to move its headquarters to a much safer place, gentlemen, Alabama. What could go wrong in Alabama? Are they really? Yep. There's nothing nothing like this wrong in Alabama. Nothing ever could go wrong in Alabama. I'm glad that they've made that. Oh, wait. Dumbest news of the day. 
It wasn't Scully me. Wow. No, Scully Thanks, has spoken, Scully. guys. You did it I mean, on yourself. That's I didn't do it. He didn't Scully, do it. Scully makes the call when there's a dumb story to oh. be told. Oh. He's the one to jump on it. Marty's always uh, the one who talks about Santa Claus to kids, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Jerk. Speaking of yeah. jerks, uh, uh, Colonel, you're ah. up. Uh, you've got an interesting story kind of following in that vein of, of the government and UFOs. What have you got for us? Yeah, the U.S. announced recently that the new capital of UFO sightings would be placed in Washington. This brings a whole new validity to the government's understanding that we are, might not be alone. However, the Department obviously, of Defense, Obviously, we're not aliens we versus dragons. It's, we're look right at that there. picture right yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Uh, however, the Department of Defense has decided to alter the name of the office, attempting to track down these sightings and study them more. What was known as the Airborne Object Identification and Management Group has now been deemed the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or AARO. The AARO mm-hmm. is the new UFO tracking headquarters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Initially... When high-ranking military personnel began to record videos of UFOs, the government began to take them far more seriously. UFO has then changed to UAP, which means Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Yep, I was waiting on that. Uh, Having anomalies in all domains means that the government could be saying there are underwater sightings and other phenomena. They are open to examining. If anyone has ever truly believed that the Loch Ness Monster exists, we might now be getting some hard evidence provided through the AARO's efforts. Mm -hmm, Look mm -hmm. at there, right there. UFO tracking will be the specialty, but it sounds like more unexplained events could be taken more seriously. The AARO will be led by Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, Ronald Maltry. Maltry reiterated the naming of the AARO by saying it is vital to our national security and the safety of our military personnel that we maintain awareness of and mo- and have a drink every anomalous objects in all domains the mm-hmm. new office was established by congress after the annual defense budget grew in size The Pentagon did have a meeting where they seriously brought up UFOs and the threat they could potentially pose to the country. The AARO is now going to be dedicated to determining the threat factors of all anomalies. The AARO has legitimately anomalies. Okay, very good. Just double-checking. I think I got it, yeah. Good job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The AARO has legitimately been put in place to determine the safety of the nation should these UAPs get close enough that the world finally sees alien life up close. The UFO tracking could save us from an impeding invasion. Invasion. We know this sounds like... Have a drink. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Invasion. Immediately. Yeah. Invasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We know this sounds like a hacky science fiction story, but the threat of violence... The way is you read it. Com- Oh, man. Here you go. (laughs) Ouch. Ah. But the threat of violence is always something to think about, especially Mm -hmm. if the government is now spooked by the number of sightings that have been happening. Interesting stuff. I would like to uh, point out a part of the story that I find interesting. Our government is always on top of things. I think we can all agree on that. right? Our, Our government 
they know things. And obviously, if they're going to name their organization something, they're going to have done some deep probing to make sure that that this name is good for them. And I like in that in that part of the story, it says the AARO will be led under under Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security. Ronald Moultrie. Now, Moultrie reiterated the naming of AARO, meaning he's backing this horse. He likes this AARO. It is vital to our nation's security and safety of our military personnel that we maintain awareness of anomalous objects in all domains. You think he might have done a little research. I'm Dave Schrader at home with my Samsung 22 Plus. Mm-hmm. I Googled, that's a thing, AARO. And here's what I found. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Um, AARO stands for the Association of American Residents Overseas. That was established in 1973, so 40 years before. They might have a jump on that title. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know how you Texans are, and you're very, very staunch about things that are Texan. Yes. And really, they just they should be ours and always ours. So let me let me let me look at here. AARO thinks AARO researches and AARO learns. What is AARO? The Austin Area Research Organization is a nonpartisan <laughs> nonprofit organization of Founded. 110 businesses and civic leaders from Travis, Williamson, Hayes, Bastrop, Burnett and Caldwell counties. And uh, it doesn't have a date in here, but it does look like it's been around for quite a while. So there's going to be a battle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's smart. Here's what the government did. They name it something. So people are going to contact the wrong AAROs to report, and it's going to tie all kinds of stuff up. I might be wrong. You never are, though. You never are. There's a method to the madness, right? I'm a thinking man. I'm a That's thinking right. man, That's and I'm right. thinking we need to go to our reporter in the field. This guy knows the government. This guy has worked wow. in four branches of the government, uh, yeah. military. That's right. He knows. When you think military intelligence, you think Greg Lawson. Greg Lawson. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Look at that! Wow, that is a fancy ass spacesuit you've got. Hey, that's the only way to get on base, man. Yeah, get on base. I'm yeah, Roswell. This is all the old. um, That's not the only way. You can ask Corey Johnson if you just steal a van and get on base. (laughs) He figured out another way. Well, look at that guy's twenty nine. Twenty nine, Greg. He's not a happy twenty nine. He moisturizes. Yeah. In the wrong places. I'm like I'm like four liver. I think I'm pretty sure I'm like fourteen. Yeah, next to him, yeah. you certainly look 14. Yeah. All right, let's well, get yeah, to it. You've got a story to share. And yeah. what's, uh, what's so, your story uh, to share? Let, uh-huh, let's uh-huh. start off with it here in Roswell. Um, I was forced to dissect an alien, U.S. Army nurse claims. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Dennis was a former funeral home worker from Roswell, New Mexico, United States, In 1974, the article says, he claimed that the U.S. Army asked him to make small child-sized coffins that could be placed in the funeral home, which Uh, could be occupied by Do you think that the author of this article may have inadvertently um, flipped the numbers? Because Eh, uh, Oswald happened in, Eh, what, 1947, not 1974. Unless the government just, like, kept them on ice and then, like— 
1974, they're like, we should do yeah, something. With possible. Possible. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. I'm just reading the news, gentlemen. That's, yeah, that's no, I'm my job. I'm, I'm just reading it. the news. I, hey, you're a government guy. I get it. Let's not look for facts. Let's just talk <laughs> through it. Go for it. <laughs> so a uh, child-sized uh-huh. coffin that could be placed in a funeral home, which would be occupied by aliens. And there's old Glenn Dennis mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, he is. Days later. They contacted him again and asked, how do we preserve a body to keep it intact without using any chemical products? You know, because because they had just fought World War Two and lost more uh, airmen than any other branch of service. And they didn't know how to handle this kind of stuff. So uh, he says into which he suggested that they should preserve it in dry ice to pack everything that could be obtained in that. Yeah, dry ice. Um, mm-hmm. His close relationship with the area, commonly known as the UFO Phenomena Research Point, led him to pursue or led him to meet a nurse who told him an amazing story. The woman stressed that the event had traumatized her so much and that because the U.S. Navy had allegedly hired her to dissect an alien. So, yeah, she's mm-hmm. there at the Roswell Army Airfield uh, hired by the U.S. Navy to dissect an alien. In this regard, the detective it would look good on your resume. It would look good. <laughs> in this yeah. regard, I'm going to push through. In this regard, uh-huh. uh, the detective and officer of military police, James Clarkson, expressed that despite the preposterous nature of the story, in his perspective, over time and during the interviews he conducted with Glenn Dennis before he died, apparently realized that the story is true as reported by the English newspaper Daily Star. Yeah. 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 Glenn, didn't he they, says, didn't the Daily Star also report that Queen Elizabeth is a reptilian with a second head on her back? I I think they were misquoted. Oh, but, okay. All right. Uh, so anyway, he says, Glenn told me the whole story. I sat down with him, I would say for about 30 to 40 minutes, and I have all doubts erased. The reality of Roswell was true. Simply, you know, when somebody tells you the truth, he wasn't lying. Yeah. The detective yeah. said you can detect a good detective. And I think you can answer to this, Greg, as, as a paranormal a detective, detective. Yeah. a good detective. All they need is 30 minutes of hearing a story to be able to weed minutes. out the BS. Right. It, minutes, it, watch their eyes. Even ask questions. You know? Yeah. If you see the bead of sweat, you know, they're lying. Oh, yeah. If they're yeah, not, if they look up to the right. Yeah. You know, if they look shifty in their chair, they're yeah. touching their nose, oh, yeah. you know, no, but if they're just forward. cool as a cucumber, 30 minutes, mm. 30 to 40 minutes, you don't even need to ask a question as a nope. good private nope. investigator. Right? Yeah. He says Glenn shared with the detective uh, that small town funeral homes were often a double function due to the lack of ambulances and paramedics in those places. This is true. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. the hearses were not only used to carry dead bodies, but they also carried wounded people to hospitals. Mm. As Dennis watched a nurse, he would. So Dennis went to the hospital with this, uh, oh. this hearse and he yeah. watched a nurse. He knew came out the back door of the military base and with a look of terror on her face said, Glenn, what are you doing here? The funeral home employee pointed out the, that the nurse looked terrified, who mm. confessed that she had been forced to dissect an alien inside the military base. She was so horrified that she resigned from her her position. Let's have a drink, everybody. Hold on. 
Thank you, Greg Porkity well, uh, uh, Porkity hey. uh, uh, por, uh, uh, por, Porkity Pig Lawson. Wow, your bottle I got a it ghost air. rolling rock. You have a cloaking device on your rolling rock. That's crazy. Hey, that's, that's rolling nasty, rock. Man. That's an actual beer. Let's go uh, for that. Yeah. Hey, man. All right. Yeah. Dude, $5 a six pack. You got to freaking respect those guys. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, she was so horrified, she resigned from the army. As one would. Uh, the man promised a nurse that he would never reveal her name. And as a result of this event in the 1980s, investigations began on the Roswell area. On the presence of UFOs, the man asserted that they were looking for him to ask him questions on the subject due to his proximity of the military base. Despite this, Glenn did not give details about the experience of that nurse whose whereabouts after resigning from the Army was subject to several speculations. Under the pressure of interrogations, he said that he had no choice but to invent a name, although he also regretted that. He also ensured that he never saw that nurse again, and that would be Naomi Self. Yeah, I know that one. Hmm. Roswell no is myself. No, no myself. Naomi myself. myself. Wow. Right. Hey, it's a little uh, What's that called? Freudian, Freudian thing yeah. there. It's called a fake name, Marty. Fake name. name. Uh, So Roswell is currently one of the most famous UFO crashes in the world since it Mm -hmm. has uh, known some intrigue and mystery in several investigators over the years. The official government explanation has to do with a crashed weather balloon. Roswell has almost 50,000 inhabitants and currently lives on UFO tourism. Since the 1990s, it has been a constant flow of visitors and onlookers who want to investigate the alleged extraterrestrial phenomena with their own eyes and simply to buy uh, with their own eyes or simply to buy a souvenir. In addition, it has given rise to productions such as The X-Files in 1993, Independence Day in 1996, productions with other famous Roswell UFO incidents that occurred in July 1947. Have if you had back to, to you, guess, Dave, if you what? had to guess, Greg, yeah, what would you think is my favorite landmark uh, when I visit Roswell? Ro- Ro- Roswell landmark, uh, the mm-hmm. McDonald's. Yes, <laughs> UFO, yes. Yeah. is that not the look at this, guys? Great, I don't know man. if if none of you have been there before. I just tried to save this. Let's see if I if it uh, yeah. if I in fact did the the thing. Uh, this is the McDonald's in Roswell, New Mexico. That's oh, what I'm that's awesome! About. Yeah, isn't that so cool? I've never seen that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in they, the shape of a UFO. Yeah, they actually, uh, they actually UAP split, actually split. <laughs> they actually split the spaceship and lifted it up and put windows in the sides of it. It didn't originally. The crash saucer did not have those windows. Really? So it is not yeah. to spec. It's not to crash not to UFO no, spec. No, no. Or no. to scale. But, um, yeah. Mm, good. So it's, good. It, by the way, it is hot as hell out here. It I does bet. look like it here in Roswell, New Mexico. Let's yeah. let you go and cool off right. a little bit. I know you got to get on that uh, Concord Junior. He's getting on the Concord Junior. Junior. Uh, and he's flying across country yet again to, to do another report for us. I don't know why he went from Europe to America back to Europe, but that's what he's doing. So I don't want to uh, hold he, him back. But when he comes he's trying back, to get frequent flyer miles. That is that what you know, a possibility. You, uh, yeah. Greg, Greg, Maybe. before you uh oh, these, oh I'm these, sorry, did you these things are laying everywhere out here. 
Wow. Oh my God. There's still body parts from you. I think they clean that stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not, it's been how many good. years now? Ten? What? What? We're in a no, recession, guys. Yeah, a recession. We're in a recession. Uh, these things are these things are everywhere out here. Hey, uh, Greg, real yeah. quickly, you did a book about I Roswell. I did. And t- what is the name of that book? Yeah, it's called Roswell: The After Action Report. Yes, sir. And you looked into these stories and in, 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 into these cases. Did. What did you make of this uh, uh, of this Mr. Glenn? Uh, and his claims that he got the call. So unfortunately, Glenn Dennis is uh, goes will go down in history as a uh, person who provided a lot of deceptive information. Um, he uh, he kind of fell in line with a lot of the popular stuff that was going on, and he would just kind of add into that. Um, mm-hmm. He changed his story many many times. And, you know, there's a there's a point in an investigation where you just have to shrug your shoulders and go, okay, this guy is not credible. Uh, Also, you have to look at who started the UFO museum in Roswell. And who who was that? That would be Glenn Dennis and and a couple of other guys, which is great. He did a great thing for Roswell. It it, Mm -hmm. I mean, he brought in a ton of. A, a ton of money, a but ton of interest. A bald faced liar and uh, well, mm, a little rough. Yeah, there, Dave, I mean, send your hate mail directly to Greg <laughs> at the paranormaldetective.com for yeah, all that. over your history. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, just, right. just Glenn Dennis. Everything else is pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, good. All right, get, get on the Concord. We'll see you in your next location. Um, hey, guys, hold on. I'm having so much fun tonight. Let me just. <laughs> I'm expanding the paranormal 60. I think we can milk this sucker. I think we can milk it. We can make this a paranormal 80, maybe a 90 tonight. Do you guys feel it? Can you feel the love tonight? What do you think? Are you guys ready? That's Stevie Nicks. I think so. That is Stevie Nicks. Uh, Speaking of Stevie Nicks and rock and or roll music. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard one of the most terrifying stories I don't know. Maybe I'm being overzealous, but one of the most terrifying stories to come out this week is the fact that um, Stevie Nicks will be live in concert this year, 2022. (laughs) Uh, You can find information online to get tickets to see the queen of the nighttime world live in concert. Stevie Nicks with special guest Vanessa Carlton. Tickets are on sale now. Does that make up for some of the, the poking fun? I just advertised her for free. Well, Dave, I, I would ask you uh, if you could bring that up real fast again, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I noticed she's nowhere near you. <laughs> Is that no, by design? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty she, much. She intentionally she, stayed away. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I'm not going to Minnesota. Wow. And she didn't come up. So this. where are you going to go to see her? Yeah, uh, right here. Hang on. And there she is. Don't have to go anywhere. There she is on my screen. All right. Oh, look, dear Dave Schrader, (laughs) I will not tolerate you abusing Stevie Nicks. She's a wonderful human being. She is. It's a joke. We're just poking fun. We all love Stevie Nicks. If you want to read a good read. Her her autobiography. Oh, really? All jokes aside. Good read. She slept with everybody in the music industry. Like entire bands. Oh, God. Everybody. (laughs) She yeah. Yoko has nothing on her. Uh, no, I think she has photos of her sleeping with Yoko as well. If Whoa, I'm going to be wow, honest, baby. I think she's been everywhere. Two well, biographies. Folks, hope you I will the tell last you this. Show. 
I will tell you this in my uh, right. This is all my guessing. I could be wrong. I do have in my audiobooks. I am an avid audiobook listener. I will have you know, I have two audiobooks lined up. They're my next two. One is Stevie Nicks' autobiography. The next one is Blondie, because in every book that I've listened to about rock stars, those two names pop up constantly. So I want to, I've heard them inter, interwoven through everybody else's story. Now I want to go hear their stories and yeah. see their take on what actually took place. Was Blondie's Debbie Harry known yeah. to sleep around as well? No, but like everybody from Duran Duran to Billy Idol to God, I'm not kidding. Every band I've listened to, every autobiography, George Michael and and Wham, they all have ties to Blondie. They all opened for her. They all worked with her. They all worked at clubs with her. She gave advice. She was helping everybody up, everybody in the industry. Yeah, It is crazy. And then ties to comedians and authors. She is, I've got to hear this book. I can't believe how many people she's been connected to. And I want to listen to Stevie to see if she has connections to Blondie before I go directly into Debbie Harry's book. So that's my take. And anyway, have you seen Blondie live? I have not. I do want to see them. And I know they're touring this year as well. I saw her a couple years ago. Really good. Fun show. Cool. Good. All right. All right. Well, let's get to it. Uh, We've got a rock and roll story. What have you got for us? You know, when I was looking at this, I wasn't sure which way to go with it. It's a rock and roll story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a story about alcoholism. Right. You guys tell me how I relate to this story. Ready? Right. Yeah. Five finger death punch frontman believes he died for three and a half minutes after quitting alcohol. That's the weird. Last... The pose that he's in and your shoulder look like it's the continuation of his arm right into your home. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, so... there, there you go. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So five finger death punch frontman. Frontman. Ivan Moody. Yeah. Go yeah. on. What's going on? who's rocking the uh, clockwork orange hat, by the way, if you look at the yeah, photo here. My little the Las Vegas-based heavy metal band's lead singer, Ivan Moody, recently spoke about their recent single, The Tragic Truth, which was inspired by the vocalist's experience dying for three and a half minutes after quitting drinking cold turkey. Folks? What does that teach uh, you? Don't quit drinking. Mm-hmm. That's where right. we're going tonight. Exactly. Yeah. I, that. yeah. I died, Moody said. 42 years old. I'd been on a bender for about two years and I'd gone four days without drinking over that entire year. That had to be hell, which is ridiculous, he said. So for four days, I locked myself inside the house. And on the fourth day, my daughter came over and I went to hand her a glass of water. And that's the last thing I remember. After years of struggling with alcoholism, Moody said the incident followed his decision to stop drinking without medical guidance of any kind. He said, if you quit drinking without the right medications and whatever else, you will die. That's what happened. I was dead for about three and a half minutes, and I became part of something while I was there. He said, there, because I was not in this shell. And for this first time in my existence, I felt at peace. Recalling his experience, the front man claimed he was in a blue haze. It was very quiet and peaceful. And I remember not worrying about anything. I didn't have a unidirectional view. It was wide, and I could see and feel everything. There was no matter involved. It was just pure energy. I saw this incredibly blue light. It was the afterlife, and I was on the edge. According to the vocalist, his daughter played a major role in bringing him back from the mysterious state. The next thing I know, I was laying there with two paddles on my chest, and my daughter was crying in my face. My daughter was the one saying, please, not now. Her voice pulled me back, 
And that was the wake-up call for me. His daughter actually appears in the music video for The Tragic Truth, in which Moody recreates this horrific incident. Once they wrapped filming, his daughter asked him how much of the clip's storyline was real. I said, my love, almost all of it. And it was the most refreshing, fearful moment of my life. Just telling my daughter, that was your father, and that's what I did to myself, much less the rest of the world. Hmm. Crazy. So, again, important lesson learned. Don't quit drinking. Not for four days, anyways. I no, mean, one day it sounds like it's okay, but one day, three days, maybe. Yeah. I, I've never gone four. that long, so I can't speak to that. But I assume yeah. four days is the limit. What was what was Dean Martin's favorite, famous line? It was something along the lines of, uh, uh, "I feel bad for you people that don't drink because that's the best you're going to feel all feel day." All day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Colonel. Colonel, yes, you've got uh, you got a story for us here. Where are we going, sir? Yeah, the Stanley Hotel in Colorado is best mm-hmm. known as the place that inspired the famous Stephen King novel and the movie of the same name, The Shining. Mm-hmm. But the scary stories about this place are not all fictional, and the Jack Nicholson classic is not its only Hollywood connection. For instance, author Stephen King stayed in room 217, which he later immortalized as the one forbidden to his character, Danny. Legend has it that this room is haunted by the ghost of an old housekeeper who reportedly dislikes men and has been known to pack up male guests' belongings while they sleep. Maybe that's what happened to the other famous resident of room 217, actor Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Well, filming the movie Dumb and Dumber on location at the Stanley Hotel, Carrie was assigned to room 217, but only lasted a few hours before appearing at the front desk, shaken and insisting upon a different room. When the staff was unable to accommodate him, Carrie checked out of the hotel entirely rather than setting foot in 217 again. Paranormal enthusiasts have claimed that the Stanley is built on top of a supernatural vortex, a place of concentrated spiritual energy, which would count for all of the strange happenings in this otherwise splendid locale. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, here's an interesting story. Uh, when Stephen King went there, he happened to go there when it was like the last week that they were last weekend that they were open to the public and they were down to minimal staff. And he and his wife were given room 217. They went and put their luggage in the room and came down, had a little something to eat, something to drink. They went back upstairs. Their their clothes had been put away. Um, and l- later on, they thanked the, the staff. They're like, boy, you guys went out of your way with minimal staff to go in there and unpack our stuff and make us feel at home. They said, there's nobody here doing that. The <laughs> woman that was murdered in that room, not murdered, but she was one of the employees, Mrs. Wilson. She had gone in to light one of the gas lights and the room exploded, burned. She was killed, but she's still there doing her job to this day. Crazy. So Interesting Why story. Why did they film that movie in the Stanley Hotel? They didn't film the original in the Stanley Hotel, which pissed off Stephen King. So when they refilmed the, the remake of it starring Stephen Weber, the made-for-TV movie, which I feel is as good if not better than the original they filmed it at the stanley and they came in and painted all the plaster to look like wood and everything it was really amazing um but uh yeah much of the look of the stanley today is because of the sequel or the remake of the movie that was filmed there so uh speaking of getting back to work ladies and gentlemen he's here apparently he's got a now yeah he's got a blower blower fan on UK man yeah this was actually filmed earlier I've filmed this yeah. while I was over in the UK. Oh, 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm reading the scripture to make sure that we line up with what he's about to say next. Okay. Uh, inside UK's most haunted building as ex-asylum workers traumatized by pure evil. Pure, look at this, it, pure evil. Jesus. Yeah. Impeccable timing. So yeah. uh, if the sound of things going bump in the night makes you want to jump out of bed in excitement rather than hide under the covers, then a ghost hunt could be for you. Luckily, one of the UK's most haunted places is open once again for those brave enough to spend the night there. Newsham Park Hospital in Liverpool is a former hospital, orphanage and mental asylum that was closed down in 1997. The now abandoned building was named number seven in the top 100 most haunted places in the UK in 2020 with reports of disembodied voices, moving objects and creepy ghost children haunting the floors. The grade two listed building is described as very active with many frightening areas to explore, such as the naughty boys corridor and the psyche cinema reports the Liverpool Echo. The 99,000-square-foot building dates back to Victorian times, opened as an orphanage in 1874, and was also used as a nursing home at one point. A particular creepy story tells of one nurse who said that she saw an apparition floating around. She was found dead in the main corridor soon after her report. In recent times, fearless ghost hunters have reported hearing unexplained banging noises coming from inside a row of cupboards on the upper corridor where badly behaved children were locked up during the 19th century. God, I in 19 19- my house. <laughs> yeah. I got I got like little uh, uh, rabbit hutch for for mm-hmm. mine out there you can put them out there. Nice. Um, in 1951, it was turned into a medical hospital and you can still see the abandoned wheelchairs cast aside in empty corridors as well as mortuary fridges where many dead bodies were stored. These can be seen on a tour organized by the Haunted Happenings. Former hospital patients are known to have talked about seeing children and other people who weren't in the hospital at the time. While a former switchboard operator who worked there between 1973 and 1986 told the Echo he still has nightmares and is traumatized by the building's pure evil. John Gray said, I worked long, hard shifts at night. And the staff was terrified of going in certain parts of the hospital. You could feel the evil when you walked in. It was in the atmosphere. When I was made redundant, I could not have gotten out of there quicker. Wow. Yeah. That says yeah. something. And you said that was saying right? something. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, hey. uh, Eric. You had a question for uh, the, the, the detective. Yeah. Did you say that was closed in 1997? 1996. Yeah. No, 97. So, yeah, 1997. Yeah, Seven. that's what yeah, I was saying. 97. Yeah, Good thing I'm paying attention to you. I was just thinking that was like, what, five yeah, or 10 years ago? And then I'm like, oh, my God, that's 25 now. years ago. Yeah, that was yeah. a long time ago. And that building's yeah. been left, you know, closed, and it's been cogitating and secreting mm-hmm. fat. It's been what? Let's do that on this cogitating. show. Cogitating. A family show there, Greg. This is pre-recorded. Thank you. First week back. Wow. 
cogitating somebody was over in England and cracking a thesaurus. <laughs> wow, show He's up. Cracking something over there. Yeah, yeah he is. Speaking of cogitating. Here we go, folks. See this scan me bar that's on the screen right now. Go ahead and scan it with your phone. Then you can find ways to listen to the show audio form. So you can listen to this and never miss an episode. Maybe you can't be there Friday or Monday nights to watch this show live. Shame on you. you Scan this and then you can make sure to listen to the show. Take it with you everywhere you go because we are the best in paranormal programming. We are the Paranormal 60 tonight. Maybe eighty-five. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. All right, Colonel, Colonel, wow. yes, Colonel, yes. you're done. I think uh, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna shuffle over. We've got one more story coming from E Street. Uh, Eric Folsom, Chachi, you've got a story to share with us. Well, is this the last one of the night, Dave? No, it is not. I have another story to share after this, but this is your last story, his last story, his last story. Not sure where you're going with that. Okay. Well, I will just say this. I've read over this Mm -hmm. about 32 times, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. my best was I think I screwed up five times. Excellent. Let's see where we can go here. Yeah, go ahead and get it in your hand. Let's bury bury this thing, man. We're going to bury it. Here we go. Okay. Isn't that weird? I got a ghost bottle. That is cool. Look at Speaking of, look at that. My Starbucks cup vanishes as well. Ba-ba-ba. You're only listening right now. You're missing out on some great video. All right. So uh, go ahead, Eric. Ghost hunters, eerie encounter with supernatural figures in haunted churches. I love haunted churches. Mm -hmm, Two mm -hmm. ghost hunting teams have revealed they have both enjoyed some success in their search for paranormal sightings over the last few months. Mm -hmm. I love the name of the first paranormal team. Well, this is, yeah. 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 I'm going to guess the Pengagers. 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 Okay. Yeah. Pengagers. Pen, <laughs> yeah. Wow. The Pengagers. God. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead and mute. Yeah. No, that's Mike. not it. We've got the rest of this, the name of this All team, right, guys. Sorry. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait. Where are where, you? Yeah. The Pengagers Paranormal Pansies, run by trio Mark Earl, William Ives, and Ollie Earl, captured a ghostly image in St. Day's Church near Cornwall that's... when they were live streaming in December of last year. In fact, it was their viewers, people like you and I, who spotted a strange figure in the top floor window of the building. There's no inside of the church, church, Mark said. Church. One. Church. And that was was an easy word. (laughs) It's all been stripped out. As we were walking down on the live stream, you can see the outline of a girl in the window. And there it is on the screen, Dave. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our viewers said the same. That's a little girl. I see it. It's shaking us up a bit. We're not the type to make things up. We'll say it's nothing if we investigate somewhere, and it's nothing. Mark, who revealed they have found dozens of similar events, explained he formed the group in September after a string of strange happenings at his home in Camborne. He explained, I'd hear someone behind me, think it's one of the kids, and turn around to scare them. But there'd be no one there. Several times I'd go and check on them, and they'd be fast asleep. We started the group as a See, group. Uh, not a group. They didn't start a group. They started a group. Yeah. I started a group. Mm. <laughs> didn't the BG sing about that? I yeah. started a group. No. Yeah. No? It's a famous song. No. Thank yeah. you. In the case of Bayset, I saw the sign, which was kind of to that rhythm. Wow. 
Yeah. No, the Bee Gees had one too. Okay. Push through, Eric. Let's push Thanks, through. Yeah. We started the group as a joke at first. We were all really? skeptics. With the name Pengegger's Paranormal Pansies? That's a joke? Uh, that's pretty Kind of like Paranormal 60 News, right? Wow. wow. Oh, wow. We started as a joke. We weren't going to keep Greg past the first week. <laughs> that was a, that was our inside that is voice painful, that should have happened. Painful. Oh, is that? Yeah. What's oh, our inside oh. voice that should We won't go put Greg back for weeks. Use your inside head voice. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Oh. Okay. Then we went Awkward. and did li- Then we went and did live videos and people said they were seeing things. Naturally, we did too. Stuff we couldn't explain. Ooh, that's wow. creepy. That's that super creepy. creepy. That looks like Marilyn Manson if I'm if I'm calling it out. On a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Cornish dun, dun, dun. Ghost Whisperers is led by Falmouth team Candace Collins, partner Nick Pierce, and mum Susan. On an outing at St. Gluvius Church, Penryn, the triumvirate, were investigating when they saw strange movements inside the building. Candace recalled, We went there because of a few pirate graves, and then it's supposed to be haunted by an old bell ringer. It's supposedly someone who lost their life at sea and comes back to ring the church bell. We were just doing some paranormal photography when we put the cameras into the chapel, took a few. A few months later, Mom and I were looking back over there, and we see this weird face just there. Candace said she didn't know what the face was, but it was was certain it was the figure of the woman. Mm. So it looks like it. Yeah, it's clear. It's certainly clear as day. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Clear as day. All right. Hey, you only got... As I count it, I'm going to say three mistakes because I let photographer go. Do you spell it F U R photographer? Photographer, yeah. They were taking pictures of fur. Isn't that what you call oh, a photographer? photographer. No, 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 I, no, I had to drink to that one. Sorry, Dave. I, yeah. I know you're being yeah. a little generous there, but yeah, he's been yeah, a lot generous. Yeah. All right, our final story is here, and this one cracks me up. Uh, neighbors were freaked out by a creepy Chucky doll come to life. Are you ready for this? This is the image that was taken. That's Oh, that's great. In Alabama, they did not want to play with a living Chucky doll roaming their streets during the day. Kendra Walden spotted the figure resembling the evil protagonist from the 1980s child's play horror movies and posted alarming pictures of the character. You got to run on that. Yeah, Yeah, on Facebook, no doubt. Yeah, the diminutive looking uh, lookalike prowled the neighborhood in overalls and had a striped shirt on with long red hair very much like the movie villain. I almost had a heart attack, Walden wrote. Look at this. Look at that. (laughs) If you saw that charging up your street, game over, right? Somebody's going to get hit with a car. Yeah, the doll, however, turned out to be a five-year-old kid named Jackson who Ah, likes to wear old Halloween costumes. (laughs) Jackson's mom, Brittany Reed, said her son loves to make people laugh. Wrong costume for that. That's not it. That's just kind of how his personality is, said Reed, whose mother was watching Jackson while she was working at uh, work during the Chucky incident. He was working at work? Yeah. Predictably, the the social media scare went viral with Reed's family taking a star turn. Jackson's brother said he thought it was amazing that his brother's costume got so much attention. And Reed said the stunt might make it to the next level. How, you say? Because they actually got messages from people asking the boy to be at their kid's birthday party. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. awesome. Uh, no, so he, if my, I, I have a, 
a 13 year old son. And if this thing showed up at our front door, <laughs> game over, yeah. game over. Yeah. Now, first of all, who lets a five year old roam the, the neighborhood dressed like yes. this? Oh yeah. That's a good, that's a yeah. good, good one right there. He's not getting, you gotta, that. you gotta, you gotta stop him from burying the pets and stuff in the backyard. Like, Hey, get, yeah. get, get, yeah. go play in the front yard for a while. Yeah. Put this Terrifying. mask on and go, walk go, go to the, the kids party down the street. Yeah. They'll give you some money to leave. Yeah. yeah. Crazy stuff. Well, that's it, kids. Thanks a lot for being here with us. That's if you're it. in or around the Oregon area, come see me at the Oregon Bigfoot Festival. I'm going to be there in Canby, Oregon, all day tomorrow, and I want to meet you. So come by and stop by my table. I'm giving away free hugs. I'll be uh, giving away free selfies, and you can get uh, autographed pictures, copies of my book. I'll have some of the Paranormal 60 protective energy-infused bracelets with me as well. So come on out. Let's have some fun at the Oregon Bigfoot Festival. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. It's always a pleasure from the news team. I'm Dave Schrader, and I'll be back again with you Monday with another brand new episode and very sinister supernatural happenings right here only on the Paranormal 60. 